This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic to cosplay to Schitt's Creek to Supernatural and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. And welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. And we're going to be kicking off our month-long celebration of Black History Month with a discussion about the amazing Denzel Washington. And I have a great panel with me today. And they are going to be on quite a few episodes this month. So I'm very, very excited about that because they're two of my favorite panelists. But before we get into that, just a couple of quick housekeeping notes. Um, Remember, we are taking listener support now for as little as 99 cents a month to $9.99 a month. Just go and click on the link in our show notes or go to our anchor page and click listener support. And remember, 50% of what we see from that will go to one Black Lives Matter organization per month. Also, we have our Redbubble store live now. So if you need a new mask, because we still need to be masking up, head on over there and pick one out or pick out a mug or pick out some even some socks or even a pillow. Even if you want to throw a pillow, we have one of those as well. And remember, 50% of whatever we see from that also will go to one Black Lives Matter organization per month. Okay, awesome. Let's go around and have everybody introduce themselves and tell me one thing you're into in pop culture right now. Carla? Hello. This week, my obsession has become my Spotify mess, which is what I call my my liked songs. So I'm trying to organize them so that they make sense, you know, like getting them out of there. So basically right now, but I've fallen into a George Michael and Queens of the Stone Age rabbit hole in my attempt to organize everything. And, you know, they just paired together so well. They're just, you know, cut from the same cloth. So it, it just flows very, very nicely. Um, just listening to those two different artists who sound exactly the same, if you really think about it. I would never have thought about that, but... <laughs> <laughs> But now, but now I will. So yeah, yeah. And we're going to be doing a George Michael episode and Carla's going to be on it in yes. June. So, I'm so but, excited. I can't even deal. I, yeah. So I'm very excited to talk about George Michael and Tiffany. Right now in pop culture, I am obsessed with upload. I am obsessed with it. I cannot stop watching it. I keep watching it every day. It's pretty ridiculous. I don't know why, but but it's something that has just caught my attention and I cannot stop watching it. Um, Besides that, I also, it's the final season of The Expanse, also on, um, on Amazon Prime. And it's been outstanding i'm so sad that it's the final season uh but if you've never seen it definitely definitely watch it because if you're a fan of sci-fi it's uh it's outstanding 
awesome. I should put that on our list um, for upcoming episodes. But yeah, Upload is fantastic. I love that show. It's so clever and sweet and funny. And I just love all the characters. It's it's such a good show. Yeah. It and, really is. Yeah. And this is Aaron. And what I'm into is I finally saw the movie Freaky. And I took a chance and just purchased it. <laughs> Because there was a deal going on with you could purchase that along with Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day 2. And I love the Happy Death Day movies. So I was like, okay, I'll go ahead and take a chance. And I loved it. If you love slasher flicks, definitely check it out. It's such a great send up of them. It's hilarious. Vince Vaughn is so, so funny in this movie. He's probably the best part. But I think a lot of the other characters are really good. Um, I think Catherine Newton is actually really good in it, too. And it's just it's just a lot of fun. So check that one out. Okay, so let's get into Denzel Washington. Um, and what I want to do is first just first, actually, I kind of am going to rearrange things here a little bit. But I want to go around and just ask everybody. I don't know if you can. But what is your favorite Denzel Washington performance, Carla? <laughs> Oh, hi. Why don't you leave with, like, the hardest thing you've ever asked me? <laughs> just, like, I, I am not prepared like... for this moment in my life. You know, like, oh, what's your favorite child yeah. you've ever had? I mean, I only have one, so that was easy for me. So that that's easier for me than this question. And that's just me trying to, like, scramble right now, like, talking through my mental scramble of, of figuring it out. Um, God, Aaron. You, I was going to show you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, now I'm like, okay, so let's let's do this. Um, possibly Man on Fire. It's it's I'm not crazy. Oh, okay, so I enjoy the movie. Like my husband and I have watched it like a million times. I have a lot of problems with the movie itself, but I don't have a problem with his performance. I think it's it's for me one of the ones that that really like calls to me the most. That's just um, there's so much going on with that character, with Creasy. And every time that I watch it, there's like something else that I see in Denzel's performance. Um, I'm calling him Denzel because as everybody knows, he is everybody's boyfriend. So we're on, on a first name basis. But <laughs> he just does so much with with this character. And he basically there's no um there's no peer for him in this role because just he's magnificent in it and i'm i'm also just gonna say like seriously they cast mark anthony to play mexican like there aren't mexican actors in this world that's not the point that's not his fault that's not themselves fault just wanted to throw that in there and dakota fanning as his daughter Seriously, she's not even like Hispanic at all. But Denzel is amazing, and that's my favorite role of his. The end. And <laughs> and I admitted today, shamefully on Facebook, that I've never seen this movie. <gasps> I know, I know, because I posted that I did a little mini. I saw that. I was going to not go there with you, but <laughs> you brought it I up. Saw your reaction. Your reaction was, you know, the wow face, but. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because I was watching um, The Hurricane today was one of the movies I watched because I did a little mini Denzel binge. Um, and someone said that was his that that they love that movie as well. 
And I said, I'd never seen it before. And Carla reacted with a wow thing. I know. I don't yeah. know why, but I haven't. So, so clearly you have to fix this. I know. So I'll have to see it since, since you named that as your, as your favorite performance of his. So I'll definitely have to watch it. And then Tiffany. Oh my goodness. This is, this is like, <laughs> this is like a live grenade that I have to land on top of. That's, that's what this question is, Erin. I'm serious. <laughs> Because they're okay, so I'm gonna go with one that people that I don't care, I don't care, I'm going with it. Yes, Malcolm X is his best performance. He was a robbed, <laughs> he was totally robbed. Spike Lee was totally robbed, but yes. right behind that, and I'm talking about like it's probably like neck and neck. My almost favorite performance of Denzel's is his role in Devil in a Blue Dress. Uh, something about him in as Easy Rollins in 1940s LA just works as private investigator. He just works. It's the best adaptation of a book to film that probably that I've ever seen. And I don't say that, you know, and I don't say that lightly. Walter Mosley's books are, are amazing. There are a lot of other, um, book to film adaptations that are really really strong but I think that's the best one I've ever seen so it's it's right there it's neck and neck neck and neck (laughs) yeah and we did a twitter poll and it was neck and neck between Malcolm X and Philadelphia for everyone's favorite performance yeah yeah um and I I agree with Malcolm X but I'm going to go ahead and throw one out there that I don't really hear talked about as much even though he did get recognition for it but I think it's one of his best is the movie Flight. I think he's so good in that movie. I mean, that was that that performance really blew me away. I think that was I don't know, there was something about that performance that just really stuck with me. I mean, the movie may not have been on the same level as his performance. I still thought it was good, but he was so so good. Just oh my god, just amazing in that. Just so much vulnerability and I just, Oh, I just loved that performance. So I'm going to throw that one out there because I figured that might be one that we might not get to. So I just wanted to throw it out there. Okay. So let's talk about Denzel's early career. Cause I, he really got notice really when he was in St. Elsewhere. Now, did, did you watch St. Elsewhere, Carla? You know, the thing about St. Elsewhere is that I didn't remember having watched it. I, but then I tried to play a couple of episodes of it, and I was humming along to the theme song <laughs> immediately from the first go. And I was like, well, I must have watched it, even if I don't remember it. But, you know, in, in the, the few episodes that, that I watched, she wasn't really featured. But the thing is, you know, like, that's just one of those things with, with Denzel Washington is that whenever he's on the screen, you're paying attention to him. Like, he really commands attention even doing something as simple as you know talking to another doctor or um he's you know uh giving a comeback to somebody or just anything he does he's just so magnetic and i it's just amazing the the power the presence that he has um but yeah i don't remember having watched i just remember apparently memorizing every single bar of the theme song, for no good reason, apparently. 
Well, it's one of those that's like an earworm. It just sticks there. <laughs> yeah. It really, it really is one of those. And Tiffany, did you watch St. Elsewhere? You know, I didn't actually. Um, it's one of those things that I should put on my list if I can find it streaming anywhere. I should definitely just go ahead and, you know, sit down one day and just power through it's on it. Hulu. Yeah. It's oh. streaming right now. Yeah. Huh. So, you know, I definitely, definitely am going to, um, as soon as I get access to, to Hulu, wink, wink, I'm going to to go ahead and uh, and take a watch because, you know, young Denzel. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I did watch it. I was, a, I was a weird child. I didn't watch cartoons that much. I watched, you know, adult shows, not adult shows. I, let me clarify. I watched like Saint Elsewhere and I used to watch LA Law and that kind of stuff. So I watched more like that kind of those kind of shows. And I loved Saint Elsewhere. Um, I think without Saint Elsewhere, you wouldn't have uh, a lot of the other hospital shows that have come after it. Um, and I do remember Denzel in it. Um, as you said, Carla, it's like he could just stand there and not have a word to say and be kind of in the background and you're still going to take notice. And it's not in a, it's not in a selfish way. Like it's not like a selfish actor where he's like, I've got to take the attention away. It's just the presence and power that he has. Um, you know, I was watching, sorry, tangent, but I was watching uh, Manchurian Candidate, the remake, and I'm one of the few people that actually likes that movie. I know a lot of people don't like that movie. Okay. But I love that movie. And there's the scene where he is, you know, he's with Meryl Streep and he's with Liev Schreiber. And it's this amazing, intense scene. And it was incredible to watch how they're all great actors, but how he really dominates that scene without trying. And it's not like he's trying to be a selfish actor because he's a very giving actor because he wouldn't be a good actor if he wasn't a giving actor. Um, but it's just it was just incredible to watch him with you know, especially with Meryl Streep, who is also a powerhouse and, you know, just watching them interact was great. So, yeah, yeah, I liked I liked the show a lot. Um, but of course, he also received acclaim for Glory. And that was the film that he received his first Oscar for, for Best Supporting Actor. So what are your thoughts on Glory, Carla? I re- That's the, the one movie that I chose to rewatch because I watch like clips of, of all the others. Well, not all because there's just so many and I only have so many hours in the day. But I chose to rewatch Glory and I really regret having watched it. Not because of his performance. It's just that I had forgotten how much I can't deal with war movies. Um, and particularly it was upsetting to <laughs> to go back and watch this movie and see that it's a story of black soldiers but everything is bookended by Matthew Broderick's point of view and his character like the first thing you see and the last thing you see is Matthew Broderick that's just a complaint um Denzel's performance was I mean you have Morgan Freeman Andre Brower Denzel Washington all in the same movie Denzel Washington has comparably a smaller role than the others but he really stands out and he is so outsized in your mind when you come away from that movie. And it's in part because of, in part because of, this, of the storyline. It's a very um, compelling storyline. You're really uh, struck by how much internal agony there seems to be with, with uh, Private Trip. Um, 
those scenes where where he rips up the check and he leads everybody else into ripping up the check because they they were being they were supposed to be paid thirteen dollars per month for their services like all of the other soldiers and then but then they, they decided that the black soldiers were going to get paid ten so he said we're not doing this so everybody tore it up Matthew Broderick's character tore his up and it was like this big you know hurrah moment um and it's one of these small things that really stays with you and it's also interesting that it it's as you watch his later performances and the moments where he really dominates passionate speech making and you see like those beginnings in glory where he says he doesn't say a lot in that moment but he says it's so just passionately and it really like hits you right in the heart it's amazing and then the the moment when um where he's sent to to be whipped for uh for leaving for being a defector and he he just stands and looks at Matthew Broderick's character stoic as hell being whipped and then halfway through there's just one tear that's running down his face and his he starts to it's like he's trying to hold it together and you know he already has all of these scars on his back that tells you so much more than anything else that you learn about him in the entire movie but that and everything that happens you know like because he ends up carrying the flag at the end when his when one of his fellow soldiers is shot he he has so many interactions with a lot of people that you know like you would think are also would stick in your mind but that is the one scene that really speaks volumes about the character and about the actor i i just i i can never get over that scene and um and again, it, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I watched the movie because I remember it being so good. And then I regretted watching it because I just, it just stays with you. And I didn't necessarily, I wasn't ready for the impact that it had. And, you know, it, it's, it's really one of those films that has an amazing ensemble. I just, I had forgotten how great Andre Brower was. I mean, he still is great, but, you know, just such a, I just love him in almost everything that I've seen him. I just, I adore him. And Morgan Freeman, you know, like, what can you say about Morgan Freeman? But just Denzel Washington, he's so young. He's, his character seems so tough, but he's so vulnerable at the same time. Like, uh, towards the end when they're about to, go to that ford and they have like this this big rousing moment with everybody saying what's on their minds and he he says you know i really don't want to say anything and he ends up going for it and he's basically saying you guys are my family with you i found a home and it just breaks your heart and he can do that so well he can make you feel things so profoundly in a way that I, I just really think that very few other actors can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Tiffany? Yeah, totally agree with, with all of, of Carla's analysis about glory. Uh, it's one of those films that's really 
hard rewatch, I think, um, because like you said, the, the whole Matthew Broderick being the protagonist, um, not to mention that awful mid-Atlantic accent that he's doing in that movie. It's just, just awful. You know who I actually don't mind in that movie is Carrie Yules. Um, yes. I do like him in that. I, I find him um, quite refreshing in that role, although it's small, but I do, I do like him in that. But Matthew Broderick, oh, that accent. Um, but, <laughs> um, but I love Morgan Freeman as the um, somewhat of a father figure, this authority figure uh, that has to manage being a black soldier, a sergeant, and having authority over, you know, these white soldiers. And it's very, very difficult for him to lay down his authority in that role. And then, like you said, Andre Brower, I mean, Andre Brower, he, he's Andre Brower. <laughs> and there's, uh, there's always, there's nothing that he's not good in, whether he's doing drama, whether he's doing comedy. And then you get a youthful Denzel and, his performance is melancholy. It's heartbreaking. It's uplifting. It's uh, it, it, it's all of these things rolled into one. And I think my favorite favorite part is when you mention Carla, the when the fifty fourth regiment is having that prayer circle and he's talking about, he mentions that he can't remember his mother, that he doesn't really remember his mother and, you know, his siblings being sold off. And he does state definitively that he, that the 54th is his family. And that's so important, you know, even in today's context, when we talk about found family, because a lot of us, sometimes don't have that connection to our, you know, to blood. We do have family that's found and, and friendships that are stronger than familial bonds. And for him to, um, to have that with his fellow soldiers, I think is so important in the terms, in the context of these are men who are coming out of enslavement. And that's one thing that will test any bond, familial or otherwise. So coming out of enslavement, finding this family, found family, I think is such a testament. And then his 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 performance right that because you know he's so try, he's trying so hard not to cry during that moment. He's trying to be tough. He's trying to he's trying to be quote unquote a man, and and he's failing. <laughs> and, and the way Denzel plays that is just so good. It's just so good. It's my favorite part in the entire movie. Although I know that one tear that he gives you, that one tear that he gives you when he's being whipped for, you know, um, for when he goes AWOL is, I don't know if there's a better one tear moment in film history. I, I mean, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. That that's an extremely powerful moment. But my favorite moment is that quiet moment with the fifty fourth. That's my favorite favorite moment in that whole movie, and it, it's because of him. I don't I don't know if anybody else could do that. Yeah, I agree with both of you. Um, 
and that's and it's a fearless performance and he's always fearless and he has this way of there's a way to do vulnerability where you're just like oh i'm just going to be really vulnerable or i'm just going to sob or i'm just going to have this moment of saying i'm feeling vulnerable or saying i'm you know but it's a lot more powerful when it's quiet and it's a lot more powerful with having one single tear that's a lot more vulnerable than if you were to shed buckets of tears, honestly, because it's like you're trying to, because that shows how much you're trying not to show that emotion. You're trying not to break. You're trying not to have someone see that vulnerability. And you just can't hide that vulnerability. You just can't, can't do it. And that's why that is so powerful. And that's why he's such an amazing actor, because, you know, other actors might have gone into that and been like, intimidated or felt like they had to be really showy um, in an inauthentic way or felt that they had to sob or felt that they had to do other things. But he's so confident and in, in a way that I think also makes other people that he is acting with, no matter how great they are, makes them even better because you have to bring a different level to your game. And he shows that right away. It's something that he's just, I think he's just born with that talent. I know he went to school. I know he studied. But I think it's still something that is innately within him. And it's pretty um, remarkable and amazing to see. Yeah, yeah. And I agree about Matthew Broderick. But I'm not a Matthew Broderick fan, so. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's it's a great, great performance. Okay, well, I want to move on to Malcolm X because I think this might take up a lot of time here. Um, as Tiffany mentioned, this and I said, this is, I mean, this is without a doubt one of the best performances ever, not just his best performance, but one of the best performances ever. Um, so, Carla, what are your thoughts on Malcolm X? This movie, you know, I, I watched it a long time ago, and I, this is the one that I actually wish I had rewatched instead um, because I, I remember when I did see it that one time a million years ago, the performance just really stays with you. I mean, there's a reason why uh, it's been lauded the way that it has. He, he really has this job dropping ability to inhabit every character that he's in to make that every character his own man. And, you know, this is a biography. So you're taking on somebody else's, role somebody who actually existed so how do you do that um and still make it your own thing and he does it he does it and it's just there are no real there i just don't have any real words to put to what he does it just he his presence transports you so that you're not just sitting in an audience you're with him and you're uh, understanding him and just with with any of his characters you may or may not like the character but you definitely see them as a three-dimensional human and i think that you know in in history um up until recently and maybe it's just because of my twitter education but growing up i just remember hearing malcolm x as the other guy you know you had Martin Luther King and you had Malcolm X and Malcolm X was the alternative that you didn't want to go you, you didn't want to go that route like he was the 
um, the bad activist and he was the, the one whose example you didn't want to follow. But this movie and, and a lot of other things that I've read since then has been a huge education on how that is a very whitewashed version of of civil rights movement and activism. Um, he's just so very convincing in everything he does. And it's not, he's, it doesn't even, it just seems effortless. With so many actors, I feel like they're really acting with a capital A and with a TM at the end. You know, they're, they're, they're really, you know, working for it. And Denzel Washington always makes it seem like he was, he just woke up and became that person that day. And that's all that there is to it. So he woke up one day and he's like, I'm Malcolm X. And here's Malcolm X. And that's what you're watching. You're watching Malcolm X. You're not watching Denzel Washington being Malcolm X. You're watching Malcolm X. Um, and I think, you know, it's a brilliant collaboration, him and Spike Lee. Um, Spike Lee, you know, it's up and down with that guy. <laughs> and he's problematic in so many ways. But I, I think that... Uh, that maybe his style complements Denzel's acting because there just seems to be just magic when when they work together and it's it's like you know just amazing and it's it was funny to me that so many so many Denzel lists place this as their number one you know like I wouldn't put it as as his number one personally but that's just me but I can absolutely see why this would be at so many people's at the top of so many people's list because it really is a a movie that just um that really just takes you there and um i don't know like i i, I just i i have a, i'm at a loss for words to really explain how this performance made the film and certainly you know he's not the only person there there are other people and you know but I don't think that you could have seen the same success with it if it hadn't been Denzel in that moment. You know, like now we have Midnight in Miami, which I still have to watch, but from all accounts, um, it, it's a it's a great film, and you know, and all of that. But I think for for that ensemble and and that time period and all of that, like. If it hadn't been Denzel Washington in that role, I don't know that we would still be talking about it. Yeah, yeah. And Tiffany? So, I can actually remember going to the theater with uh, my father and one of his friends and one of their kids and watching this in theater, like 20... Eight plus years ago. I mean, wow, I know I was only two years old. Can you believe it? And I still remember it. <laughs> but um, it, it's not often that I actually remember seeing films in theater from that long ago. But it's a testament to Denzel's talent and his gift because his, his acting is a gift. It's not just a talent. Uh, yes, he's cultivated it, but this is something that is like God-given and it blooms when he's on screen. And it's a testament to that, that everybody, as Carla said, does still talk about 
Malcolm X as his seminal role does still, he is Malcolm X. He is, when you think of, of portrayals of Minister Malcolm throughout history, Denzel is the one you're going to think of. I will say I did just see One Night in Miami this week. Kingsley Ben Adir's performance was outstanding. It's outstanding. And people will be talking about it 20 plus years now, like we talk about Denzel as Malcolm X. People will be talking about it. And that doesn't take away, I think, from from Denzel's performance. Um, I have seen the old videos of the real Malcolm X, uh, especially when he talks about when JFK got, uh, was assassinated and he talks about the chickens coming home to roost, which was very, very uh, provocative when he said it. Uh, a lot of people did not want to hear that. Um, and when Denzel says it in the movie, it's so powerful because that moment could have devolved into caricature. And I think that's what happens with a lot of biopics. They devolve into caricature. It's like, okay, this person is just trying to act like how that person was. This is somebody that has looked at the historical record and has put their own spin and their own stamp on it. And it's not a caricature. It's him being this person. And it's not, it's, it's nothing else than my authentic self being that person's authentic self. And there is, uh, from, from the first frame of that movie, when you see him as a carouser, <laughs> as, a, as a drunkard, as a junkie, to when he is completely broken down in prison and trying to find himself and is given, in his own words, is given the gift of Islam and converts. You know, the, the, the play is, is night and day, but it's so good. It's so good. He plays, he plays this, um, this kind of charlatan kind of character and this this street hustler character really well. And then he plays this very straight-laced minister from the Nation of Islam exceptionally well also. It's just a, it's an incredible performance. It's an incredible performance. And I can't believe the Academy didn't recognize him for that, especially when I remember what won in 1993. I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you all remember. Um, I mean, I, I like him, but I, I don't think he deserved it over Denzel. Well, I can't know. remember, honestly. I can't believe I can't remember because I'm an Oscar person, but I can't remember. It was um, Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, no, I'm sorry. Not Daniel Day-Lewis. No, 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 no. Scratch that. Scratch that. That's a mistake. Erase that. <laughs> <laughs> Roll it back. That's what <laughs> I was thinking about. I, okay, so this is how time is a false construct because I'm thinking 2013 as 20 oh. is 1993. Okay, time is a false construct. No, it was Al Pacino for Sin of a Woman. Oh, of a woman. oh, oh gosh. gosh. Yes. Oh my God. I, I have a confession. I don't like Al Pacino. 
Me I'm not a huge either. fan of this, but especially in this movie. This movie was yes. I, I was like, hoo ha. <laughs> what? <laughs> How did this win over Denzel? How did that win over Denzel? That's what I want to know. I don't know what the Academy was watching. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Yes. I mean, sadly, it doesn't surprise me, but <laughs> it's still ridiculous. But sadly, it doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah, that not much more to add. I do completely agree. I, I mean, it had to be a very daunting task to take this on because that's a huge weight to bear. Um, and so that must have been, I mean, he didn't show it, but there must have been some feeling of not trepidation, but some feeling of some intimidation there and being like, I've got to be able to honor um, his memory and I've got to be able to do a good job because this person is so important. And if I don't do a good job, I'll be known forever as the person that did wrong by Malcolm X. So that has to have been such a daunting, daunting thing to take on. Um, And of course he did an outstanding job because of course he did. I mean, it would have been like weird if he didn't. Um, But yeah. And, and, you know, as, as a white person, yes, Malcolm X was not talked about in the same way, of course, as Martin Luther King Jr. Of course not. Um, Because that's the way that are, that white people talk and white society is. Um, and of course people whitewash MLK too. So it's not like, I mean, (laughs) people forget, they just want to do, you know, little clips and little, little sound bites and forget everything else and everything in between. Um, and so, yeah, definitely was, I know, um, I, I did appreciate that I grew up with a mom that wasn't like that and was very much like, you know, wanted to expose me as a white person to to knowing the truth and to not being whitewashed as much as possible. And also having a dad that did that too. I mean, my dad like played me Gil Scott Heron when I was a young kid and all his stuff. And I mean, where I was like, how did you even know who that was? Um, so I appreciated that. But yeah, it definitely is something that's very whitewashed and still is to this day. It's not like this movie changed that. Um, and sadly, I don't think one night in Miami will change that either. Um, is that, you know, people, uh, the way people like to think of it is they're like, MLK was peace and Malcolm X was violence. And that's just, that's just not truth. And that's not speaking truth to power. And it's just, yeah, yeah. It's just something we have to work on. And that's why films like this. And that's why the truth should really be taught in schools and not the whitewashed version of it. And if you really want to know the truth about MLK as well, you should really, really, really listen to all the speeches and everything he wrote, not just the cherry picked versions that make people feel good that you'll see people spouting on uh, Martin Luther King Day. Excuse me. So. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely good. And yeah, I agree. I mean, I think uh, with One Night in Miami, that had to also be daunting to be following in Denzel Washington's footsteps. Oh, my gosh. He must have been terrified. I mean, man, that must. But he was so good. And like I said, when I um, talked about the movie um, on our Promising Young Woman episode, you know, he made it his own, though. He was able to make it his own. And it's a totally different performance. 
And it wasn't like he was mimicking Denzel. So I think that's why it worked so well. And I agree, Tiffany. I think his performance will be remembered as well. I think everybody in that movie's performances will be remembered. So not just his. So yeah, that, that's that's a really good one. Okay, so let's move on to the one that came in second in our poll, Philadelphia. Um, and what are your thoughts on Philadelphia, Carla? That's another one that I watched a very long time ago. And frankly, like, the impression that's in my mind is more about Tom Hanks than it is about Denzel Washington. That's just how uh, how my brain approached it in the moment. Um, what I do remember, though, is that just like anything else that he that he does, um, Denzel Washington commands the screen anytime that he's that he's on it. Um, I did enjoy watching that. And this is the magic of his acting is that everything is very believable. So you're seeing somebody who is kind of skittish about this guy with AIDS is coming to my office and oh, just shook his hand. Now do I have AIDS? Like that kind of that, that one moment of, of, of the panic wasn't, it didn't seem scripted. It just seemed like it was actually happening in the moment. And it's just such a genuine reaction that you kind of forget that you're watching a movie. You know, like when you have, especially when you have two actors who are that good, you really kind of forget where you are and you're just watching people interacting. And and that's one of my favorite things about good movies and good performances. Uh, um, whether they're, you know, critically acclaimed or not, which doesn't this one happen to be critically acclaimed, but ha. Huh. But if you're watching something that's good, whether anybody else recognizes it or, or not, you feel like they're just living their lives. And that's how this felt. And then you have the transformation into somebody who not only doesn't have that that panic anymore, but really learns more about the person that he's dealing with, about the human being in front of him, um, through his desire to present this person as a person to everybody who is... Uh, who needs to know him because that that's part of his, that's part of the, the lawyer's job is to humanize his client. And I think that, that part of um, that essential duty was carried through beautifully. And you could really pick up on it because of Denzel's performance. Um, there was a, a great deal of care, I think, and everybody who participated in the, in the movie and who was bringing these characters to life in making everybody seem human, but uh, but particularly humanizing the face of AIDS. Because this, this, is, this came out still at a time when people were very skittish with people around people who were HIV positive, people who have AIDS. Um, even to this day, there's there's still some of that, but Back then, there wasn't the information that we have now. The treatments are different. It's it's a different era. And it really, I think this movie went a long way in rehabilitating the public perception of people because they're people who have AIDS. So his part in it is, is very important in, in, in that greater overall, you know, social um, task. But yeah, just... What I remember most sharply is that uh, that change in the transformation 
in the character of learning and accepting and championing a person because he's a person and deserves all of this. And Tiffany? I think that, first off, it's one of my favorite Denzel performances, and that's saying a lot because obviously he has so many outstanding performances, and this one is a bit, I think it's almost harder to do something like this because you have somebody like Tom Hanks, who we also know is an absolute powerhouse on the screen. And he has the task of, I've got to drop all of this weight. I've got to do this, you know, wildly emotional performance um, because I'm being discriminated against for who I am as a person. And that takes a lot of bandwidth. That takes up a lot of energy on screen. Whereas Denzel's character is secondary to that. So he has almost a little bit less to work with. But what he does work with, it's so incredibly good. um, That his own performance as a standalone totally works. Um, There is a moment where... Andrew, Tom Hanks' character, is listening to his favorite opera, which happens to be La Mama Morta uh, by Maria Callas. And he asks Denzel's character if he's ever heard of it. And he's like, no, no, I'm not really into into opera. It's not really my thing. And then he plays it. And then Tom's face in that is so heartbreaking. It's so it, it it just it breaks my heart every time I watch it because you know he's he's so in depth with his emotional capacity while he's listening to it, but just watch Denzel's face, just and because in that moment, that's when it changes. That's when he sees the humanity in Andrew. That's when he that's when Joe has realized this is a man who is you know just basically running to bad luck at this point. You know, he didn't have the information that he needed to regarding health. And this is where we stand. And that switch that he makes is so subtle, but his face does it so well. It's like frame, frame, frame. So good. So great. I love it. You know, and of course the explain it to me, like I'm four years old <laughs> in the courtroom. <laughs> I usually I use that line a lot. <laughs> I do. I use that line a lot. So, so such a great performance. So good. Yeah, I agree. I think it's really hard for actors when you're acting opposite someone who has the more showier part, quote unquote. Um, and I think in that one, that was definitely where you know Hanks had the more showy part. Um, and Denzel had the part that, you know, people might've thought in their mind that they think you can just phone that in and you can't just phone that in because it won't be believable. Like you were saying, Carla, in this, the scene when they first meet and you see his reaction to the fact that Hank's character has AIDS and you see that reaction and it's so subtle and it's done in this way that it's just like, you can feel how that felt for Hank's character to have that reaction and that can only come off as really believable if the person you're acting with is giving you something. And that's what Denzel was doing in that scene. Um, 
Yeah, I agree. And and the opera scene is one of the most beautiful scenes in any movie anyway. I mean, it's just a really just watching two characters um really come together in that moment and get to know each other in that moment and you see Denzel's character finding love for the for Hanks's character in a different way, seeing like you said the humanity but also seeing I think even a bit of himself reflected back seeing um a bit of that vulnerability so it's just so yeah it was such a such a hard time and such a scary time and such a sad time and the way it was reflected in the film was really beautiful and what Denzel did with that was really beautiful because Denzel took this character and you saw the growth of the character organically and it was believable it wasn't like oh yeah he had this you know, where he's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm I'm fine now. I'm not, I'm not afraid anymore. And it wasn't like he had to do a big speech or a big moment. It was just little subtle moments that you saw, like with the opera scene, where you saw that he was changing and growing as a human being. And that is a very hard task to do when you're trying, when you're working alongside a character that definitely is going to have the showier part and to be able to still, um, to still do such an incredible job is, is really amazing. I always like quieter performances anyway. A lot of times I like those where there's a lot of internal stuff going on and that's what's happening there. A lot of that you can see in the eyes, um, especially like you said, in the opera scene, you know, so it's really, really, really good performance and a really good film. I should rewatch that one sometime soon. <laughs> okay. And then we're going to move on now to training day, which of course, Denzel, Picked up the Oscar for, um, and he was the only the second second African American to win Best Actor, and of course the first was Sidney Poitier. So I want to talk about that movie, that performance, him winning um, for that as well, Carla. I was honestly kind of mad about that win. Um, not, it's not Denzel's fault. This is how Hollywood is and this is how the Academy is and how there's the, the falsehood that Hollywood is so liberal. It's really not. It's just um, racism by another name. And you definitely know that because the films in which Black actors are most lauded are the ones in which they're either the villain or it's a slavery film or there's Black suffering. Any of that is acceptable for recognition in Hollywood. Um, let them be anything else. Just, you know, people living lives, having, you know, touching moments and, and soft sentiments and it's off the table. But you have a terrifying corrupt cop, manipulative, unsympathetic. And this is what wins Denzel his second Oscar. It's it's a slap in the face to all the great work that he did before that um, and has done since then. I mean, they couldn't see the work that he has done since then, but they definitely could see before. Just like he was robbed before in that amazing performance in, Michael, in Mal Malcolm X, he is being re rewarded for what I think is kind of... Um, Denzel Washington is never a lazy actor. 
but this is more of a coasting performance than any of his other performances because it doesn't take a lot of uh, of good acting. It doesn't take a lot of of skill to be angry, manipulative, and corrupt. It just really doesn't. But again, that's not putting it on him because the fact that we, you know, that uh, how many people do you hear going, King Kong ain't got nothing on me since then? Um, the answer is too many. And you can still kind of, you know, you still see that scene in your head, no, no matter what little, you know, skinny white schmo is saying that as he wins, I don't know, like, whatever cheesy thing he's winning at the moment, you know. But you always see Denzel saying it, and you always see his face as he's saying it. But that's his skill, that even this buffoonery of a movie which is what i that's that's honestly what i came away with it uh came away with when i watched it i thought this is just such a there are so many better movies i think than than this one for which he should have won something but it um it, it just really angers me that that um just as halle berry won the oscar for playing a woman who is basically begging a white man to do her this is a movie in which <laughs> this is a movie in which this black man is being the quote-unquote angry chest-beating ape you know he he basically is king kong and that's what white people want and that's what white people are willing to reward and it angers me so much and i think you know like my criticism of the movie i think may be tainted by that anger um because like i keep saying it's not on denzel but it just really angers me that that so many better roles that he has had don't seem to matter as much as this guy who's setting the city on fire. Um, you know, you have American Gangster, which is also where he's a villain, but a much more nuanced villain, which I thought was a great movie. Flight, which, you know, it may not have been a commercial success, but that movie had a lot of meat in it for him. And he did amazing things with it. Um, just oh my god! I, I like I'm I, I'm having a I don't know if it's a hot flash or I'm just that mad right now, <laughs> but like I feel my temperature going up. Um, yeah, I I just I, I can't think of this movie and of him winning an Oscar without thinking of all the times that he has been robbed of recognition. That other black actors have been robbed of recognition of uh, of any kind of, hey, you did a good job portraying a human being, just being a human, versus playing this caricature of what we think of when we think of a black person. Tiffany? I hate that movie. I hate it. I despise that movie, like with the power of 10,000 sons. I, I I'm hate so that glad movie. it's not just me. It's not just you. It's not just you. And I, I totally, I, I totally concur with everything that you said about it because I don't understand. Well, no, I understand, but it bothers me to know in that black suffering, black villainry are the only things that ever get recognition in Hollywood. It's, I mean, if it's not, if it's not, a movie about enslavement, if it's not a movie about black death, 
black pain or the black person is like you said a caricature of what white liberal hollywood thinks black people are then it doesn't get any type of shine and i don't know if you all know this but that year russell crowe had every award sewn up for his uh, role in Gladiator for Maximus Decimus Aurelius. He made the critical error of punching out the director of the BAFTA Awards before the Oscars. And that came in a campaign against him started. He had that Oscar sewn up. He had it sewn up. That Oscar had, they were already engraving Russell Crowe's name on that Oscar. He did that. He messed up. And Denzel was the filler inner for Russell Crowe. So that's why he got that award. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know that, Carla. Like, that just makes it even worse that one of Denzel's lesser performances won by default because a white guy angered another white guy that is insult upon insult i'm I'm like so livid right now like oh my god God. it's the worst it's the totally worst because like you said there are so many other performances that denzel gave um can we talk about mo better blues can we talk about uh the bone collector can we talk about um if we're talking about that same kind of time frame between, let's say, 98 to, to 02, the hurricane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The hurricane. I mean, if you want to, and, and, and there is a portion of actual black pain in that, but I think there is also, like you said about um, like American Gangster, there's a lot of nuance with that. It's a story about liberation. It's a story about justice as well. It's not just a story about, okay, pain on top of pain on top of pain on top of villainy. It's not the same thing. It's not on that, it's not on that level at all. So if he can't win for the hurricane and he can't win for the bone collector and he can't win for Mo Better Blues and Devil in a Blue Dress, some guy punches out another guy and he wins for training day. (laughs) It's like, what you all are not even trying right now you know you're not even trying academy (laughs) at all yeah that's why when people say the academy is changing or when like when moonlight won and they're like oh everything's changing and then green book won so it's like that's not that's not the case at all or other movies get looked over get passed over and there's better performances and it's just you know it's just it's lazy it's a it's a form of racism it's whitewashing everything yeah yeah and and the writer of training day david Ayer, he's just lots of bad things he's done <laughs> so he's just he's not a very good writer um he deals a lot in very harmful tropes i think and i think that's a lot of what this film was i've only watched it once um to me it was one of those that sadly sadly 
was not surprising that he won for that for the same reasons everyone has already said. Um, I didn't know that stuff about Russell Crowe, um, but that doesn't surprise me, sadly. I mean, it is. It's a business and it's a business that is not fair and not as liberal as it likes to claim it is. Um, and I think I mentioned that on another episode not too long ago. It's, you know, Hollywood likes to say it's the bastion of liberalism and it's the bastion of inclusivity and it loves everybody and it's BS. It's bullshit. <laughs> it's just not true. And you see it time and time and time and time again. Um, and it is exhausting and it's tiring when you see incredible performances um, that just completely get overlooked because it is not, like you said, that's not what Hollywood wants to reward if they're going to reward a black film or a black actor, or a black creator. Um, and I think when they rewarded Moonlight, it was kind of like, see, look, we're going to be okay and we're going to reward this film and we're going to pat ourselves on the back and show that we are evolving and we're getting better and we're amazing, you know? Um, and then of course, you know, with Barry Jenkins next film, they didn't do the same thing. And there were, I mean, the performances in that movie were just beyond incredible. And so it's like, okay. And then of course, when they awarded green book, you know, and you had other films that were so much better. And Green Book is just, oh, it's just such an infuriating film. And it's so much centered around a white racist. And it's not even accurate to the actual real story. And the fact that they titled it Green Book when it would have been more interesting. It was actually, was a, it's not even a story centered around that, really. That it was just, oh, it was so infuriating. Um but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I was just curious to see what the reaction would be with that when I thought it was important to talk about it because it is interesting to me and sad to me that of all of his performances that this is the one he wins for. Um, you know, it's kind of, and I was just watching The Hurricane today and it, that's a very layered, nuanced performance um, there's a lot going on there and it's a lot of going back and forth in time. Um, and that, that's a lot of hard work to do. Um, and he's very, very, very good in that. Um, as it, as is that I want to say, I want to just point out the child version of him in that movie is so good in the scene where he's stopping that that white guy from who's going to, who wants to sexually abuse the, his friend. And he like throws the bottle at him. And when he's doing, when he has the stutter and it's just the way he does that, the, that kid, I, I should look up his name cause he was so good. Um, but I just wanted to mention that too, because that's gotta be hard too. As a kid, you're like, okay, I'm playing a younger version of Denzel basically. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's gotta be terrifying. Okay, so let's move on to, um, and we'll save other favorite performances or films for the for the end here. But let's move on to directing because um, Denzel has done some directing. I want to talk first about Antoine Fisher. So, what are your thoughts on that one, Carla? And just Denzel as a director. I have to actually um, leave that for brighter directorial 
connoisseurs to talk about. Um, for one thing, like I, I'm not all that great at at dissecting, you know, uh, a director's performance. For the thing, I didn't particularly care for the movie, <laughs> and that's on me. That's not on anybody else. But I, I am not going to bash anything Denzel does today because I want to live in a happier world. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tiffany, do you have thoughts on that one? <laughs> I really like Antoine Fisher. Actually, like you said, Aaron, I'm, I, I enjoy the quieter moments of films. Um, I don't think that Antoine Fisher is like uh, super showy in any way. I think it has a lot of layer to it. Um, Derek Luke does a really good job in that. I mean, that, like you said, like you always say, Aaron, it's hard to play off against somebody that is a powerhouse. And I think the way Denzel provides direction to, to Derek Luke was important because he was a very young actor at the time. Um, so I think it's a strong effort from him. Uh, I don't believe that it's my favorite directorial output from Denzel but it's really good but it, it is good in my opinion yeah I agree and I think I think why um Denzel is a good director and um it's not my favorite either uh, fences is but um the reason I think he's a good director is because he is an actor and I think sometimes being an actor makes you a good director because you know what it takes to give a good performance, you know what it takes to feel respected by your director. And you can tell that with Derek Luke's performance that he feels um, respected and empowered. And he feels like um, Denzel's not going to run over him. And he feels like Denzel wants to, I don't don't know, molds the right word, but wants to um, help him become a better actor and become a success. And you can see that in that movie. And yeah, I mean, I love quiet, films um and i want to say really quickly I, I was listening to a podcast that that the same one that i think i mentioned or maybe that was before we were recording that was talking about denzel washington and talking about how it doesn't matter what kind of films you're into because he does so many different kind of films you were going to find a denzel washington film and a denzel washington performance that you like you know it doesn't matter because he he has such a wide range and he does so many different things, which I think he does a lot of the bigger showier action stuff so that he can make films like fences so that he can, um, you know, do, do other smaller things like that. I think that's why he does that. Um, because fences is not a film on the surface that people are going to rush out to necessarily make. So I think that's why he does that. I think a lot of actors that have any kind of power or say so, um, will, if they want to make these more intimate films, will do that. So I just want to put that out there because I think that's true about, uh, about Denzel. You might have people that go, I'm not going to watch Fences, but I'll go watch something like Unstoppable or, you know, The Taking of Pelham 123, something like that, you know. Um, so that's, that's what's so fascinating about, about his career because, you know, he's got like 60 acting credits um, and I think that includes the, his upcoming um, Macbeth acting, which I don't know if everybody knew that was coming out in, <laughs> in this year. <laughs> I mean, it's slated to, who knows? Um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's pretty incredible. So I want to talk about Fences. Do you have any thoughts on Fences then, Carla? 
it's I had a hard time getting through it, and that's just because I was in a in a good headspace headspace for it at the time. Um, I think when I attempted to watch it, I, I was just going through a lot in those years. So it was like that was my um, I really need fluffy things, or if things are going to be meaty, I need them to also have a quick escape valve. And this movie, I just felt like there was just so much going on in it that I couldn't digest at the time and it again it's one of those things that i that i really wish that i had rewatched more recently when i'm in a better headspace for it but what i do remember about it was that i i liked the building of relationships in it um there there are i think a lot of times where um i'm gonna say directors because again i don't know a lot about directing or directors but i do know that in some movies some relationships get neglected in favor of others or that they um, aren't paid the right kind of attention. You know, that it's more one-sided where we're focusing on the protagonist to the detriment of the other person in the, in that relationship. And I don't think that this is something that happened in fences. I think that there was a good, um, uh, I think that Denzel paid good attention to, the importance of that uh, communication between actors and of how a performance can really hinge on, on chemistry and on people reacting to each other in a way that brings out the best in each actor and in each character, but that also moves the story forward. So for me, I thought that this was, this was, what I do remember enjoying was that. So what I what I can say about it again, you know, like I, I wish desperately that I that I were better versed in how directors work and in how especially because I think I'd be a good one because I just I'm so good at bossing people around you guys. You don't even know. Like that is one of my like life's callings is telling people what to do. Oh my god, just ask my husband. I am so good at that. You don't even know. But yes, yeah, so I would be an awesome director, perhaps like Denzel Washington. Okay, you've got to direct a movie now, or at least a short well, film. <laughs> point me towards some actors in a script, and I will make it happen. Because I, if I just have to tell people what to do, man, I'm I've on had it. Some scripts, I'll just give you some cool. Scripts and- Send them to me <laughs> and point me to actors, so it can be like you do this and you do that, but do it my way, okay? <laughs> You've got directing down right there. <laughs> I just wrote a book about it right there. Yep. It's called Directing My Way. And it's two pages <laughs> long. So because I know people are busy and they don't have time for like these like volumes and volumes of books. So like, oh, here's all of these 15,000 steps. I'm tired of doing things. No, it's two steps. Give me the script and I'll tell you what to do. End of story. <laughs> Tiffany. That's amazing. I'm going to buy that. <laughs> Thank you. You'll you'll get a personal discount, and I'll even sign it for you. Wonderful, wonderful. I'll look for that in the mail. Um, I I think it's exceptionally brave when a director who casts themselves in their own film plays someone who is totally unsympathetic, and Troy Maxson is. T- Totally unsympathetic. 
pathetic. He is a horrible father. He is a horrible husband. And the fact that Denzel can direct himself uh, in that capacity where I feel no sympathy for him whatsoever. <laughs> I don't care that you never got the chance to, to play Major League Ball. I literally don't care. You are terrible. And the fact that he is uh, cognizant enough to make that work as a director, as a self-director, is just amazing to me. I think it's a, I think it's a brave, brave performance on both sides, in front of camera and behind camera, because it would be so easy to, to direct yourself in a, a very positive light. And this is totally not a positive light type of film. At all. <laughs> At all. It's, it's outstanding, though. It's outstanding work. Um, I thought he should have been, um, he should have gotten um, more accolades than he did for that. Um, and not to mention, directing Viola Davis, hello, and, you know, and I know Aaron and I are going to go in-depth about Miss Viola tomorrow, and uh, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, it's... Uh, it's, it's You have to have a really strong directing backbone to take somebody with the talent of Viola Davis and wring that performance out of her because that is an exceptional performance. And we're talking about Viola Davis, who gives an exceptional performance every time she steps in front of the camera. And that is one of the best performances that she has ever given. And that's, that's the power of Denzel behind and in front of camera. So, and, and I do like what you said, Carla, about the, um, the relationship aspects. He does, he knows how to direct in between the scenes, almost. I guess I, if I can kind of make that, uh, think about what's going on in my head, like, and, and, and speaking it out is like, he's directing the, the uh, the actions in between each scene, it's a, it's it's an incredible incredible film, incredible directing performance by him. Definitely, I, I think that's my number one for him, and then my number two would be Great Debaters, which I love. Um, yeah, it's and and to take on an August Wilson play, which has anyone seen the play? I did. Yeah, I, I did too. I saw it in a, like a theater in the round here in Denver. Um, and it was, and I saw it like a few years before Fences came out and oh God, it was incredible. I mean, seeing that it's just amazing. And, and of course, Denzel won a Tony for his role in the stage production too. Want to make sure to mention that. Um, and I know people complained when this movie came out that it was too much like watching a play and it was too much like the play. And uh, frankly, I, I don't like that complaint, honestly, um, because it's hard to direct a play because a play is an actor's medium and film is a director's medium. And so to direct a play and make it shine on screen takes a lot of hard work. And I think Denzel did an amazing job. I thought it was a beautiful film. Um, I saw it with my mom and my sister. And we had also gone to see the play together. And we just thought it was just a great, great adaptation of that. And everybody was amazing and phenomenal in it. Every single performance. I mean, we are going to talk about Viola Davis in that, of course. 
really delve into that because I think it's it's my favorite performance of hers and she's just so amazing in that and and just everybody is just incredible and you're right Tiffany to be able to be like okay I'm going to direct myself as this very unsympathetic man who is the way he treats his son in that movie oh my god I it's just I mean when I watched the play I was even like oh I'm just gonna oh my gosh yeah your your son is just oh um, and son is so beautiful, is such a beautiful human being. And to see his father treat him like that is just so heartbreaking and hard to watch. And the way he treats his wife is also really crappy. Um, and so to play a character like that where you're not going to be sitting there having a whole lot of empathy for this guy, it that's that takes a lot of courage and a lot of guts. And and yeah, I wish the film had gotten more attention um, I think it's really, really well done. Um, I think um, I, I also want to say that August Wilson, he did the screenplay, too. And I think the screenplay is really good, too. So I just I think it's really good. And if you ever get a chance to see the stage play, I really, really recommend seeing the stage play. It would have been awesome to see it with Denzel <laughs> to see that. That would have been incredible. But but the actors that were in it when I saw it were were amazing and I wish I knew their names I'm sorry I think they're they're local actors but it was it was incredible so yeah yeah and if you want to uh we can and I didn't put it I didn't put his other I didn't put the great debaters on there but we're gonna now talk about any other films of his any other performances free reign right now go for it Carla it's this is not a performance this is his commencement speech um I think it was 2011 at University of Pennsylvania and it's about falling forward and it's about embracing failure, you know, and, and in it, he talks about how, you know, you've learned all of these skills and you're, you've learned that, you know, you're going to go on to do these great things, but you haven't been necessarily told you're also going to fail a lot and that's fine. And he tells the story of how uh, he uh, went and auditioned for a role. He didn't get it. And then he came back 30 years later to film something on that same stage. And that if he hadn't embraced his failures, he wouldn't be where he is now. And that that's, you know, I, I listen to that every now and then. And every single time, first of all, it, it's just hearing him speak is a treat. Because whether it's a monologue in a film or whether he's just talking extemporaneously, he has just the, the, just this quality about him that makes you want to watch him, but also makes you want to listen to him and to really absorb everything that he says. Because everything that he says just sounds so important. You know how there are some people who they can say anything, they can be giving you their order for takeout, and you're like, wow, I just had a profound realization about my life. You know, because, like, you just order that egg roll with such gravitas. My life is now egg roll. Thank you, sir. I am egg roll. And that's just how I feel, you know. But especially with this um, with this commencement speech, it was really moving. And it had an impact on me that, that just goes on every time that I, that I listen to it. I'm reminded of um, how important it is to accept failure but not just accept it but to 
actually try for something, whether you're sure that you'll succeed in or in, in it or not. Um, not because failure doesn't matter, but because you won't get anywhere if you don't leave the start line. Um, so that's, you know, like, again, not a performance, but definitely something that I, 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 I love watching every time that it comes across. Um, and as far as actual performances, Flight, which I, you know, we've all, I think, mentioned at some point in this, Flight was such a great movie. And I think that it's not spoken of enough. He, that character, oh my goodness, he, uh, he has like all of these demons that he's working through and that, you know, um, he saved a plane just through his skill because he was drunk when the plane was going down. Then you have the investigation and they're trying to say, well, it was going down because you were drunk. And it's like, I saved it despite being drunk. But in all of this, he's he's dealing with his own problems and you're getting this deep look into this character and again humanizing this person seeing that there is uh so much beyond the hero and so much beyond the alcoholic and i think that's one of those films that that works great because it's um this duality of human and god that i think a lot of people uh, who are particularly high profile people have that gets reconciled so beautifully and it's a messy process, but it ends up being seamless. And it's every time that that I've uh, thought about that movie, I get chills just thinking about the performance and about the movie itself and American gangster, which it scared me, which I think is a good thing. That performance was chilling because he is, uh, he, just like any good villain, I think, he thinks he's doing the right thing or he thinks that he's living by the right code or that his uh, mental process is flawless because he is serving a, a bigger good, which in his case is about earning respect and honor that he doesn't think he can get except through being a a drug lord. And a, and a vicious one at that. But, you know, you almost come to to side with him because he just, he lays everything out so well that you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess I guess I understand that. Yeah, I mean, like, I could buy that. It, it, it's, don't don't actually buy that, anybody. It's it's not good motives. It's He's not a good guy. He, he's just very convincing. He's very charismatic. But th- that's one of the things with Denzel is that he is charismatic. And so every character that he plays is charismatic and he's one of those few actors who can do monologues the way that he can and he has full command of your attention while he's giving them they don't seem cheap they don't seem they don't even seem necessarily scripted they seem like these very passionate words that are just coming out of this guy at the right moment in 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 that film um and i've i've read interviews where his creed partners have said that you know, like you do more than one take with Denzel Washington, and every time it's a different approach for him. That you don't necessarily get the same take twice, because his process is is it's just constantly evolving. And I I think that's it's very interesting 
and something that I've always thought, you know, if I ever go into acting, that that's kind of what I want to be able to do, not just do, but I think that you have to be so good that you can do that and not have it detract from your performance or from your screen partner's performance. And I think that that's, and that in conclusion, my friends, is what makes Denzel Washington the amazing man that he, that he is. And Tiffany? That was an amazing end, Carla. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. In conclusion, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, he has so many great performances, so many of my favorites. Um, it's more of an ensemble, but I love Much Ado About Nothing. And somebody put on, uh, somebody tweeted out, what's the best uh, a person has ever looked on screen in a film. And I had this in that movie. <laughs> that whole cast was really beautiful, but um, but he has this one scene. I mean, I, he's just, oh, he's so handsome. He's so handsome and he's wearing riding pants. <laughs> so I love, yeah, I love, I love Much Do About Nothing. I know I've mentioned before Devil in a Blue Dress, which is one of my absolute favorite movies because it's one of my favorite books and it's it's so good oh and another one in there Don Cheadle hello Don Cheadle and Denzel together are just like they're comedy gold they are because Don Cheadle's character Mouse is so hilarious he is so so hilarious so if you've never seen Devil in the Blue Dress watch Devil in the Blue Dress like Carla mentioned about um, Flight Wow. Wow. Flight is a um, flight is a tough watch. You know, if you've known somebody that has struggled with addiction, uh, with substance abuse, it is one of those things to think about. Wow. How scary is it to be at the mercy of somebody who is supposed to have your safety in mind? Um, you know, obviously, a pilot. They're supposed to have the the ultimate, they have ultimately have your life in their hands and they're drunk. Uh, but he's also the best man for the job to get us down on the ground safely, uh, even while drunk. So flight is excellent. Um, this might be polarizing, but I really like He Got Game. I really like his performance and He Got Game. And I know, I know Ray Allen is awful in it he is terrible i don't know what spike lee was thinking about when he cast ray allen in this role because he is really really bad but denzel is really really good he's really really good in it so just ignore ray allen if you ever watch it watch it for denzel um the preacher's wife oh him and whitney so good so so good <laughs> he's a, he's He's an angel, but who has earthly desires. And it's just so, so sweet. It's so sweet. Um, What else? Mississippi Masala. Mississippi Masala is... um, It's such a... Because... Let's talk about let's talk about liberal Hollywood again and how whenever they cast an interracial couple, it's always it's always black and white. It's always black and white. And 
give me more of this. Give me Black and Southeast Asian. And not only that, give me Black and Southeast Asian cast in the South, uh, you know, in the U.S. South. And it's just, that is a magical performance. It's a magical movie. Mira Nair was really knew what she was doing when she directed that movie. Um, and I promise I'm not going to list like everything he's ever done, but one more uh, because you hadn't, I hadn't seen him in this type of role before, but Denzel is a banging action star, the equalizer. Oh my gosh. I was so surprised. He like, I mean, he surprised me, pleasantly surprised that, um, he was giving me like how Tom Cruise can be an action star well into his fifties. Denzel is giving me action star like into his sixties now. Um, so good. So good. I'm not going to list anything else because that was like everything Denzel's ever made. So I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. That's why I was like, okay, I'm going to give everybody free reign because we've got some time. So <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, flight's already been mentioned. So I want to say really quickly, Don Cheadle has the same birthday as me. And Don Cheadle is actually, is also from Denver. So <laughs> I always love that. I'm always like, someday he will see my happy birthday tweet where I say, we share the same birthday. <laughs> Are I mean, you I Don remember- Cheadle twins? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, sorry, I just had to say that because I like to say that anytime I can because that's probably my favorite actor that I share a birthday with. So I always get excited about that. Okay, um, Flight has already been mentioned. And as I said, that's one of my personal favorites of his. Um, I want to mention, I think the movie Fallen is a different kind of movie for Denzel. Um, It's a little bit creepy and scary, um, but it's good. I think that one's really good. Um, I think, you know, I think the movie itself has some problems, but I think his performance in Roman J. Israel was so good. I mean, so good. He blew me away. I remember when he got nominated and everybody was upset that he got nominated. And I was like, no, he was really, really good. And that was probably the quietest performance I think I've ever seen him give, honestly. The most internalized um, there was something about that character, and I know that movie's got issues, but he was so, so, so good in that movie. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any that haven't been mentioned yet that I want to give a shout out to. I think John Q is really good too. I think he's really good in John Q. You already mentioned the hurricane, of course. I think that's really good. Everything has already been mentioned that I would mention. I think the Pelican Brief is an interesting one. Um, I I think that's a pretty good one. It's not like the best movie he's ever done or the best performance, but it's entertaining enough to watch. Um, I would say that, you know, you could say that about a lot of like, I know a lot of people don't like the movie um, Safe House. And I understand it's not really that great of a movie, but I enjoy watching him in it. I think he's really good in that. I echo everything everyone else said too, because (laughs) I just say over and over again, the same ones, but yeah, Flight, I just, I just want to say that one again, because I just think flight is just, it's just so incredible. And I think when you're playing addiction, there's a very fine line between being like drunk, falling over drunk or falling over high and not being realistic to actually being an addict. 
and he played being an addict. He played the different sides of it. He played um, the self-hatred. There was self-loathing there. He played um, the struggle, the constant struggle, the internal struggle. You could see that on his face. And that's pretty incredible. So it's, it's you know, I've had a lot of alcoholics in my life and in my family. And that's not something that you see portrayed all the time realistically. And this was a very realistic portrayal. He is a once-in-a-generation actor. Uh, the same way we talked about uh, Paul Robeson. The same way we talked about Sidney Poitier. We now speak about Denzel and going forward, who knows who knows who's going to pick up that torch. I think um, although his uh, filmography was, of course, tragically shortened, I think Chadwick Boseman was well on his way to being that once in a generation actor. Uh, I hope to I hope that he has enough depth in his career that he is that once in a generation actor. Um, and Denzel also, I think he's proven that black actors not only can be taken seriously, but they can also be a lead and they can be sexy. Uh, they can be the handsomest person in the room. Um, I mean, he was, you know, people's most, beautiful or most handsome man what twice or something like that so um that was that was a rarity i don't think it had happened before before denzel uh truly exploded into the you know in the 90s so um his talent is limitless in my mind it's uh the impact that he has had on film is going to last and last and last they will be studying his take on certain characters in acting schools and film schools for years and years to come. They will be doing that um, because his uh, the level of dedication that he has, the level of uh, versatility that he has is so incredible. It's so great. And uh, I'm I'm glad we're here to to see it. <laughs> I'm glad we're here to witness it. And we've gotten, and he doesn't, doesn't seem like he has any signs of slowing down. So, so we get even more. Yay. <laughs> yeah. My guess is he'll be working into his nineties and yeah, I mean, that's just my guess. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a very versatile actor, which we've talked about. He's not a selfish actor. Um, and I think when you were talking, Carla, earlier about how um, some of his scene partners have said that he'll do a different take, he'll do something different in every single take. And that means he's just totally in the moment and he's not fearless. And he wants to see where to take that character and where um, his intuition is taking him. And you can tell he wants to push his scene partners to be as good as they possibly can be which says a lot about him. Um, and granted, some of them, his scene partners don't live up to that, but the majority do, the majority do, but there are some that don't, but the majority do. And so it's really awesome to watch that. It's awesome to watch an actor where you, like I've said a million times before, to me, 
the biggest sign of a good actor is when you see the character in the eyes. Because someone can sit there and do all this supposedly good acting, but if you look at them really close up and you don't see anything in the eyes, it just vanishes for me. And for him, he becomes the character. You know, the whole body, everything. He can stand differently, walk differently, talk differently, um, maybe slouch his shoulders, maybe hold his hands in a different way. But it's everything like that, that's that's the sign of someone who was just, like you said, Tiffany, it's a gift. He was gifted with this. Because um, you can study and study and study and become a better actor. But there are some people that just have this gift and this talent that they were just born with and given. And he has that. And um, yeah, and like I said, he will be acting into the 90s. Um, he also proved to Hollywood that white people will go and pay to see black people in film. I mean, that was the other thing is he showed that. So yeah, it can be very painful if you've had a lot of that around you in your life because it is so realistic. But that's why I appreciate the performance so much. And yeah, he was really outstanding in that. Okay, well, I want to just wrap up with just asking everyone what you feel his lasting impact has been on film, on stage, on your life, anything like that, Carla. Um, I'll start with my life because I think that he's one of those actors who, um, he, in a way, he reminds me a lot of my dad. Their, um, their smile is so similar the first couple of times that, that that I saw Denzel Washington on screen, I was just like practically giddy seeing somebody with a smile like my dad's. Um, he also, because of his approach to acting and his absolute versatility is one of my acting heroes. I, I wanted to be an actor, an actor when I was a kid and I, I really... You know, you, you look for people to kind of model yourself after, and and he was definitely one of the the ones that I always kind of thought, you know, he's amazing. I want to be like he is when he's on screen, which is um, different in every role, but absolutely Denzel Washington. And there's just something magical about watching him on screen. As for his impact beyond me, which I don't know what we want to talk about anybody else, but you know, I guess if we must. Um, I, I think he, he really has cut a path for a lot of other black actors to do or to, to be taken seriously, which is kind of ridiculous that anybody should have to um, because a good actor should just be recognized as a good actor. But we know that that's not the case. We know that you can be fantastic and amazing, but if you're black, you the struggle is five times harder. If you're a woman, it's 50 times harder. Um, but I, I just, I think that because people take him so ser- so seriously um, that he kind of makes it, he kind of makes it easier for white people to imagine other black actors to be good actors. And there's, you know, th- there's always the talk of, you know, oh, you know, Denzel always ends up getting all of the good roles and he he's the, the, the person who's always casting all the biographies and you know all of this and all that. And every generation there's another actor that people are saying, oh, you know, it's always this guy. It's always Michael B. Jordan now. It's always um, X, Y, and Z. And I think part of that is 
that permission that he has from white Hollywood to be allowed in their space. And there's also his undeniable talent, but it's, it is really hard to, um, to extract the one from the other when so few black actors are given that chance. Um, I also think that he is, uh, that it's amazing that there are so many impressionists who can pull off a really good Denzel. <laughs> because there there are some things that are very him, that you, you watch a performance and that's totally, that's such a Denzel thing. Yeah, totally. I can see that. Uh, so yeah, he, he is versatile and he is a bit of a chameleon in his own way, but he definitely has some very definite things that are just his that is hilarious when somebody gets it right but overall I, I think that we're just lucky to to live in a time when when we have um screen icons like like him who consistently put out good work even if it's not in the best films but he always gives it like a real uh he always puts his best out there, which I think is the the important thing. You know, there's money there and Hollywood wants to make money. Um, so that's a big lasting impact that he had. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who the who the next actor is who takes up that mantle. Yeah, I do think Chadwick Boseman definitely was on the road there. Um, I'll personally say I think um, Kelvin Harrison Jr. could be. Um, because he's very, he's amazing too. He's incredible. And I think he could be one that could take up that mantle as well. And he's really young and, um, I would love to see that kind of happen. I would love to see them together on screen. That would be incredible. (laughs) That would be amazing. But yeah, he's, he's, he's a gift that we've been given and it's, will be exciting to see what he does next. I'm really excited to see him in Macbeth because I'm honestly not a big Shakespeare fan, I will say, which is something that when I did theater all the time, you never say that. But, <laughs> good, I'm glad I'm not, I'm not alone. <laughs> I should know. I mean, Tiffany and I agree on so much that I should just know if it's something that I'm like one of the only. <laughs> it's the symbiosis right here. Symbiosis. <laughs> But I like Macbeth. I like that one. So, and I didn't even know he was doing that. And so when I just saw that, when I looked at him uh, him up on IMDb, I was like, oh, awesome. That'll be cool. (laughs) That'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I'm excited to see what he gives us for the next 30 years. I mean, (laughs) I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. You you find that a lot with um, artists is they do art because it's part of their soul. So it's not like, a regular job it's something they have to do so it's not something they think about retiring from necessarily so i think that's why we'll see him well into the 90s acting okay so we're going to go ahead and close out and have everybody say where they can be found carla and where your podcast can be found too (laughs) i am carla temis you can find me and meg griffin who we are the co-hosts of bedwetter behead pod and you can find us on pretty much any podcast finding place, as well as on Twitter, which is my second home. And that's at Bed Wet Behead Pod. Awesome. And Tiffany, and also where you like, we can find your writing. 
So I'm Tiffany. You can find me primarily on the twitter.com at who is Tiff is me. That is at who is Tiff is me. And then I also write for the Game of Nerds. And that's the Game of Nerds on all platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. And we're always looking for writers so you can reach out and say, hey. Awesome. Thank you so much. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at eAprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. And you'll find me there most of the time. <laughs> That's the Twitter that I use more than my personal one. I will say um, on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. And I don't run our Instagram anymore. That's the other Erin and she's amazing. I just want to give another shout out because what she's doing with our Instagram, which in turn is reflected in our Facebook is incredible. Um, if you have any feedback, any show notes, if you want to give a shout out to a Denzel movie that we did not mention, feel free to email us at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. And on the next episode, Tiffany will be back and we're going to be discussing the amazing Viola Davis. So that'll be a lot of fun. And we've got a lot of great episodes coming up this month. We're going to be talking about Black Panther. Um, we're going to be talking about Living Single. Um, we have... <laughs> <laughs> so many so many great episodes we're also going to be talking about the new movie judas and the black messiah so we're going to be talking about that towards the end of february because that one's going to be on hbo max at the same time as in the theaters so until next time remember it's a fandom thing and black lives matter thank you for listening to it's a fandom thing be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Our logo was designed by Brooke Belly with cover art by Carla Temis. Additional research was done by Megan Archuleta. Our Instagram and Facebook content producer and creator is Aaron Amos. And our producer is Lilith Tafola. I'm your host, Aaron Marlowe. And until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you.